We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is to hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. I am joined by a good friend of mine, a longtime friend from all the way over in Dubai at the very moment. Uh, he has a beautiful wife, a beautiful little daughter, uh, and he's a very good friend of mine. His name is Coach Cardon or, or Mr. Farhat. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me with you, Mr. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so to dive right Great in. Great to hear from you. I'm curious, what does the world need more of? Well, to be honest with you, I think, you know, um, well, first of all, that's, that's a great question to ask. But uh, what the world needs more of is a question that I had since I was probably 10 years old. Uh, this year I'm turning 50. So for the last 40 years of my life, I've been, you know, obsessed with that question. And I really realized, you know, with all the technology that we have um, today, one of the things that's missing is, you know, the pure love and communication between people. We are all so engaged with this technology and we're losing presence. When we are around our family members and friends and the people that we love, most of the time we are not focused. Uh, when I say we, that I include myself also in that category, but I'm practicing it every day to stay more present when I'm around my family members and the ones that I love. So that will make a difference. I think the world right now today needs more of really, uh, you know, simple communication, effective communication between people. And uh, that, that's a big chunk. I love that. I, I, I think it's so very, very important. I remember a trip we took where we were in Thailand and we got on these long boats and went out to the middle of this lake and we got to, there were floating raft houses. And so they were tied to an island and just literally a floating pontoon of little cabins. And it disconnected us from everything because there was no internet. There was no cell phone reception. And what was fun is all of a sudden we, we started to connect more with each other because there was no other option. Um, I, I think it's such an interesting topic nowadays that the things that are supposed to enable like right now to connect us all the way around the world also disconnect us from the people who are sitting right next to us. Uh, it's very fascinating, very fascinating. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I mean, when you look at people, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, we sometimes do cool, uh, cool stuff in our training programs that I ask people, okay, you know, can you just uh, put your phones aside for like two or three hours without touching it, put it actually away from your body and see how you feel and how much uncertainty they feel. It's unbelievable, man. It's so funny <laughs> that most people, unfortunately, have created this addiction with their phones and these devices have been uh, probably designed that way to 
get us to a new addiction that we need this, we need, and, and when you actually study, what is the root of it? What, what do we need? I think a lot of people need acknowledgement and going back to, again, the love. People want to be loved. People want to be liked. People want to be acknowledged that, hey, you're cool. We like you. You're, you're awesome. You're funny. And that thing, uh, it's been really digitalized, and it's nothing wrong with that. But the balance part of it, if it's missing, then it's going to bring a lot of problems. Mm. That's so true. That's so true. And you, you said you practice this. How do you practice this with your family? Do you leave your phone outside? Do you shut it off? Do you put it in airplane mode? Well, well, of course. I mean, you know, for everything, there should be a strategy and a routine. Just, you know, as you said it in your uh, awesome book called Live It, uh, if you have a routine in your day, in your ideal day, what is that ideal day for you? And uh, while I've trained myself in the last many years of my life that there should be a system in place. Otherwise, I just get sucked into what's available out there. And I don't want to get sucked in. So I want to have you know, control of my own life. I want to design it the way, uh, you know, I've been working on this in the last 40 years of my life. And it's never easy, you know. Uh, you got to work on it every single day. So, yeah, like many um, other people that they want to have an extraordinary life. Again, that's something that uh, my first mentor taught me at a very young age that, you know, he said, do you want to have an ordinary life or do you want to have an extraordinary life? I said, what's the difference? <laughs> he said, ordinary life is like what most people have. Extraordinary life is what most people don't have. And he, he gave me examples of each, each section of that, including finances, including who you want to be. And then he shared with me something that really, really shaped my life. And this was what I call it today, my code of conduct. So there's a code that I live with every single day. And he asked me, you know, that age, he said, look, what are five things that you want to be in your day every day? Not what are five things you want to do, but what are the five characteristics that you want to have in your life? Who do you want to be today? And, you know, I, so he, he shared that. This is called like a code of conduct. So for me, I was supposed to give him like five. So I said, I want to be happy. That's one. He said, okay. And then he goes into details of what is happiness, define happiness. We did that. And then he said, what else? I said, I want to be nice to people. I want to be a giver. I want to be a lover. You know, I want to be with God. I believe in God or spirituality or someone or something that gave us this beautiful life. And he said, that's cool. Anything else? And I went on and on and on. I gave him like 10, 20. And he said, if you just focus on like five of them every day, that who do you want to be today? So for me, really, every day to answer your question, what do I do? Who do I, you know, how do I live in the morning? I just ask myself on the previous night, I tell myself, how do I want to live tomorrow? Who do I want to be? That's my second question. And then what do I want to share? These three really shapes my daily life. Mm. I love that. And say that one more time for us. It's Yes. Number one is who do I want to be today? So that's my characteristic, uh, you know, character development, basically, you know, everything that I've learned from books, tapes, seminars, you know, meeting people. Who do I want to be today? Like, okay, today, for example, I wanted to be a fun dad for my child. Hmm. And then I said, okay, what do I need to do to be a fun dad for her? So I created a couple of simple surprises that doesn't cost anything, you know, that, you know, she can laugh, she can have fun, and she can call me, hey, you're a cool dad. You're fun. I love you. You're awesome. So 
who I want to be really doesn't cost anything. You just need to pay attention and be present and make a commitment to yourself. Do I want to be that or not? It's simple. So who do you want to be is the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing is how do you want to live today? That how go, goes back to the, you know, to the system or the strategy of your hours or the day that you want to spend. How do you want to live today? You know, how do you want to wake up? How do you want to uh, eat? How do you want to walk? How do you want to talk? It's not just go into so much details, but once it becomes a habit, then you don't need to so much really think about it. It just becomes automatic. Uh, how do I want to live? I want to, you know, I want to live a healthy life. I want to, I want to exercise every day. I want to, you know, uh, empower people. Whoever I meet, I want to give them a good smile. I want to, at least I want to have a simple, cool greeting. You know, how's it going? How's your day? You know, how's your morning? And unfortunately, most people, depending on which culture you live in, they they haven't learned how to communicate with strangers in an empowering way. So when you ask them, like, hey, how are you doing? They go, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? Why are you so high? Why are you so energetic? You know? uh, and then the last one is, what do I want to give or what do I want to share today? Hmm. So um, one simple example that I can give you is right now uh, where we are living, so we have a base in Tokyo and we have a base here in Dubai. In Dubai, uh, in, in summer, it's hot. So it's like between 40 to 50 degrees Celsius and people outside they're working. And for most people that they're inside under air conditioning, they don't understand how hard it is to be outside. Uh, so one of the things that we do as a family habit, we just, uh, you know, take a cooler box with full of uh, bottles of water. And then we go out and we shock people and then we just give them water with a big smile and have a nice day, you know, and that really doesn't cost much. But then you see the smile and faces of these guys or, you know, they think, oh, well, this guy and his wife and his kid, they came and they're delivering something to us and they don't want anything from us. That's really cool. So for us, we don't expect anything. We're doing it for us. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's a practice of what can we share? What do we share? So it doesn't have to be like a big, huge chunk of money when you know, when that com- that time comes, sure, you do that too, but you got to practice it really small and build as you go. Those are the three things. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. And we're certainly getting to know a lot about who you are and what matters and how you choose to show up each day. But I'm curious, what would you consider to be your wow factor? Like what makes you uniquely you? And what's one well, or two moments in your life that help shape it? Well, my wow factor is really both in, uh, you know, in, in positive way and in, in a challenging way. The wow factor is, wow, how, how beautiful we are as human beings, you know, and this, this beautiful gift called life has been given to us, you know, how some people use it beautifully and how some others just complain all the time. Wow. <laughs> you know, you know it's, it's really a surprising factor to me that, depending on what we look at, where we focus on, you know, how we live changes, the way we live, the way we treat people changes. Um, I haven't talked so much about my background, but really I grew up in a tough environment. Um, Is that okay if I tell a little bit about myself? Yeah, please, please, please. That's what we're asking. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Well, basically, uh, you know, I was born in a town called Shiraz in the southern part of Iran. And when I was born, Unfortunately, my father and mother had to go through a challenging time. So my father, my, my mother left when I was born, maybe around age two, um, two, three months. So 
So my father has been married five times. I don't know if you call him lucky or unlucky. Um, and I went through a rough childhood for the first 10 years of my life. I, I grew up under, you know, a destructive behavior of my fourth stepmother, which unfortunately, psychologically, he, she wasn't healthy. So she was very abusive. And um, I went through a rough time. Unfortunately, at the age of 10, she um, she went, she escalated to a place where she took a um, tape recorder's cord around my neck and she wanted to kill me. And... Um, so I had to leave home and run away, escape from home barefoot, taking nothing with me. And I became homeless as a child at 10 years old. In Shiraz, you don't have many homeless kids. But I had to really find a shelter to live. And I chose to be outside and really, uh, you know, go and get my freedom. So that was one of the m- most powerful decisions I made in my life at a very young age. And during that time of around a year or two until I found a shelter and my grandmother gave me a place to live. Um, I met my first mentor, Mr. Moradi from Shiraz. He was a very wealthy man, studied in the university, um, one of the universities in the U.S. Back in Iran, he had a beautiful family with five kids. He took me in in his house and he gave me an offer. He said, look, we are renovating our home and it's going to take around two years. Do you want to come and live with us? I give you a place to live. You've got to work. You've got to earn but I will mentor you and I coach you and I teach you so you can design your life. And that became really a good foundation of my life, looking at, you know, what is it that working with successful and wealthy and really happy people and what's it that is not working with a group of people like the environment that my grandmother was living, uh, a lot of drug users, you know, and a lot of crazy people were living in that area. So they were like warnings for me. And this gentleman and his, his place and his family and all the people he was associating with, they were great lessons for me in life. So I learned from both. And he taught me, and this is one of the lessons I want to share with your listeners, that, uh, you know, what my first mentor taught me was a simple lesson that a lot of books talking about, a lot of teachers and coaches talk about. But he said, you need three things if you really want to have beautiful life. Number one, you need to have a vision. So that was the V factor. He said, the vision for the next 50 years, tell me about your vision. So I didn't have a vision for the next five years, but he helped me to design my life. And he, I remember he said, if you don't design your life, somebody else will design it for you. And unfortunately, most people are not good designers. They are crappy designers and they design a crappy life for you. <laughs> so uh, that was the first factor. And then he said, after that, you need to make some decisions. And then he went through you know, his life and he taught me about the tough decisions that he made in his life. And he talked about, you know, the, the muscle of decision and he gave me a lot of great metaphors. And then he said the last part is you need to take some really, really um, heavy action if you want to have a beautiful life. So through his vision, decision, action, I started, you know, designing my life. And at that age, I really didn't have any support, the kind of family support or money or anything. And he said to me, what do you want to do in your life? I said, I want to grow up. I want to go to America. I want to become an airline pilot. I said, oh, that's great. So he helped me to structure that foundation of how I can go to America, how I can, you know, uh, build the life that I wanted. But I didn't have any money. I didn't speak any languages. I didn't know anybody outside Iran. At that time, unfortunately, Iran went through a rough time. In 1978, when I was 10, um, the revolution happened and the country changed, went through a really uh, challenging situation. The brand of the country changed um, globally. And uh, Iran went through a, a war with uh, the neighboring country, Iraq. So for eight years, almost three million people died on both sides. 
And then for me, now I didn't have the family support, but I also looked at my country. I was like, wow, this is not a place for me that I could live. People outside are killing each other, you know, and it, it's, it's aggressive and I don't like it. So I decided to leave that place. But to leave Iran, you had to go to military for two years to be able to get a passport. Now, <laughs> I had to go to military, and that time we had a war. So I had to go to a war for two years. And sometimes people ask me, like, what are some of the secrets to your happiness or to your success, if you call it? And I say, well, I'm really grateful that I'm alive today. In my life, this year I'm 50 years old. I have died almost seven times, you know, like another 10 seconds, I'm done, finish. And in that moment, one of the things that just came to my mind, I just said, thank you, God. It was a beautiful life. I wish I had more time. I could, you know, I could help more. I could give more. I could share more. I could inspire more. And then there was this voice of, okay, I'm going to give you one more shot. <laughs> you know? And boom, here we go. I didn't die. And um, whether it was in flight school where I almost crashed the plane and died, or whether it was my stepmother, you know, wanted to kill me, or whether it was a, you know, a government of Iran attacking me on the street, just walking for doing nothing. All those places and times, I really believed that my life had a purpose and mission. And that was to going back to answer your question, which was, what does the world need more of? I really believe that I was chosen to go and study what love is. So I didn't have my mother's love in the in my childhood and through a whole my life. But instead I decided to go out and study what is love? How can we easily give it without expectations? And then how can we help people to open their heart and then they love us back? Or if they don't love us back, they can go and love other people. So that has been a process for me in my life. And I'm really, really grateful that I believe I've been handling that okay so far. And regardless of where I live in the world, uh, you know, love is really, really a huge part of my life every single day. So who I want to be every day, you know, the wow factor is how can some people easily can love others, but other people have a really tough time. Did you say, I love you? You know, I care about you. You're awesome. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a portion of my life <laughs> until age 20. <laughs> I see. That's, that's one heck of an adventure so far. And, and in this adventure, um, with all of your life under consideration, what's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble? Well, I think <laughs> this is funny because I think sense of humor is really important. And, when you want to talk about, all right, let's say if you say, I'm one of the best communicators in the world, and then you pause that, people go, really? But if you just say after that, and I'm humble about it, then you laugh at yourself, with yourself, and then you make other people laugh too. But if you truly believe that, that I'm one of the best communicators in the world, then how can you play with that? So what am I humble about is, Really, my, my, again, I don't hesitate to love people. I love people from whatever culture they are. When I wasn't educated enough about these subjects, I was probably judgmental about, okay, this culture, nah, I don't like that culture, or this culture, or because of they are this way, nah, I don't know. 
But today, I'm like, I'm really fascinated to know how people think, how they live, how they behave, you know, why they're doing it, and if there's anything I can do to help them to do it better, sure, let's do it. <laughs> I hope that answers your question. It does. So humble <laughs> enough to love all people in all cultures and all yes, situations. Sir. I see. What about an awe-inspiring moment from your life? Something that was, uh, you know, immensely beautiful and, and, and or or just so powerful or, or such an experience that it stopped you in your tracks. And, you know, I always say you had to pick your job off the ground because it just blew you away how amazing something just was. Hmm. Well, after all, going back to my story of uh, being in Iran, I decided to, okay, I got to leave this country and I needed to go to America and it was not possible to go to America at that time, um, you know, for the political reasons of between the two countries. And then I had to choose a, a third country to go there and work and save money so I can go to a flight school. I chose uh, Japan. I went to Japan uh, 30 years ago. I was planning to stay there for a year uh, to basically work, save some money. And I had two big goals. One, I wanted to go to a flight school and become a pilot and then say, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. That was one of my goals. <laughs> and then the other goal that I had was I wanted to help my father and my two sisters and get them out of Iran and put them in a place where they can live peacefully, a place where they can enjoy their life more, you know, make the dreams come true. So I went to Japan and I started working as a welder for $7 per hour. And that process of doing it for one year took me seven years. So to answer your question, one of the things that I learned during that time was people can enjoy really what they do, no matter what it is. But if they choose to suffer during that period of working, whether it's from eight in the morning to five, six o'clock in the afternoon, or, you know, for me, I was working from seven o'clock in the morning until 10, 11 o'clock at night because I wanted to really use my time and make as much money as I could so I could save for my flight school, which I needed around $100,000. And then I wanted to save my family to get them out of Iran. That was another $50,000, $100,000. So that was a lot. So the one year didn't work for me. It took me seven years to work in the factory. So during that time, one of the things that I learned was, wow, how come... I can really enjoy this work that it is not something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life, but now I'm doing it. How can I enjoy it? And then other people, they don't. They're complaining all the time. And then I realized that's not only in the welding factory. It's anywhere. <laughs> Most people, they are not really having fun and enjoying their life. I don't know. Um, you know, hopefully through, through this um projects that you have we can inspire people we can share some cool stories with them and give them some tips to change that that's true and what did you find was the difference i think the difference is the psychology and the difference in you know is, is also how, how hungry are you in your life for this you know for who you want to become number one again and what changes you want to make in your own life and who do you want to be for the people around you how, how much love do you want to create? How much really, um, you know, pleasure do you want to create for the people that you love, including your family members, friends, colleagues? And that, that takes commitment, man. That takes hard work. It's not easy. And uh, a lot of people just want that by chance. It will never happen by chance. Hmm. It won't happen by chance. It'll happen by choice. 
I, I love it. Switch, Absolutely. Sw- switching gears a little. What's your greatest fear? Hmm. That's that's a great question, and you know, I, I often ask myself that question, and now I'm really clear about that. My greatest fear really is that if if I die. If I die at age, let's say, 80, 90 years old, if God gives me another 30, 40, 50 years to live, if I die that age and I review my life and I look at so many things that I haven't done in my life, that is really my greatest fear. So for me, the best way to face that fear is every single day, you know, I say, look, what if really I have another 30 days or I have another week? I mean, you were sharing your story in your book about there was a time that you had five days to live. And you made a decision, how am I going to live these five days? And so that was really empowering. And I said, that, that's beautiful, of course. We never know when this beautiful heart is going to stop beating. So, uh, yeah, that is my greatest fear. What if I live and I didn't live fully? So I do my, really, I shouldn't use the word my best because nobody really doing the best. <laughs> I do what, what is possible for me to live a full day and have fun and understanding that I'm human and I get off track. Sometimes, you know, even though I call myself a very loving, cool guy, <laughs> but I forget to be loving towards, you know, some of the people that I love most and I become harsh and I don't see myself. But the moment I catch myself, I got to quickly, you know, coach myself and say, hey, how quickly can you go back and fix that? It's a great distinction, the ability to catch it when it happens and be able to immediately do something about it. Uh, I really like that. Exactly. And I, and I, I, I see your fear. To, to die and know that you had more left in you is, is never never the goal. Uh, to, you know, to squeeze, I think I saw it, said, you know, when I die, I want to come screeching in at the last minute with every ounce of juice being poured out of me, screaming, yahoo! as I slide into the end of the life knowing that I gave every ounce of what was possible. I was like, hey, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so with that, I'm curious, what are you most excited about in the future? Well, I'm excited about a lot of things, really. But one of the things that I'm excited about is the way, well, I'm, I'm a dreamer. I have a lot of dreams. I have a lot of goals. I'm very, you know, ambitious. Um, and so that came from really, uh, again, painful experience uh, when I was a kid. So I wanted to go out and give as much as I could, but then you don't have so much to give, then you know, you're running empty. It doesn't work that way. One of the things I want to do really in the future is I want to have a really huge positive impact in the way that education system is done around the world. What I mean by that, let's say I spent 27 years of my life in Japan um, and a part of that, so after I finished my welding, you know, I went to New Zealand, I became a commercial pilot, I started flying, I became a New Zealand citizen, I helped my family, got them out of Iran. You know, those are like two of my biggest dreams that I had. And then another big dream that I could say probably it was the biggest dream that I had as a child was I wanted to marry a Japanese. And that goes back to a, a drama, a, a series, drama series, a TV series that I used to watch with my grandmother called Oshin. And Oshin was this um, really, really um, beautiful girl, nine, ten years old. She has a really tough life, 
but she never gave up. She was working so hard. She had a beautiful vision. And she, she grew up. She went to universities and she graduated. So she became my role model. And I said, wow, I want to go, go to Japan and marry someone like Oshin. And I just said that out loud. And my grandmother said, yeah, that's great. You can do that. I was like, wow, she believed me. So <laughs> that became an obsession for me. And I went to Japan and I married a beautiful girl. Now we've been together for 17, 18 years. We have a 10-year-old together. And, uh, you know, so uh, the point is this, this process never ends, you know, uh, studying every day, learning, giving, sharing stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I'm on a journey, man, and I want to make an impact in the education system. In Japan, we have 35,000 suicides every year, and I was so sad to see that, man. I want to do something about that. Now, 2020 is coming. We have the Tokyo Olympic is happening in Tokyo, and um, I wanted to do something. So I'm working with some of the athletes that they're going to, um, you know, aiming for gold medals or whatever for the Olympics. And when I, when I spend time with some of these guys, I see around them there are possibilities of kids going and killing themselves in the next couple of years because there's no hope. They can't communicate. The education system is not strong enough to help them. And I realized, oh, my God, this is not only in Japan. This is a global uh, challenge that in schools there are so many challenges. And one of them is kids can't really communicate with their teachers about some of the problems that they have at home or outside school. So we created a platform, and I started going to schools in Japan and here in Dubai, and now it's working, thank God. So I have a plan. What I'm excited about in the next three years is we want to reach to, you know, um, 20,000 students to around 2,000 teachers and around 50,000 parents in the next three years. It's the Vision 2021 that we have here in the UAE. And we want to help them. We want to build a bridge between parents and teachers. Mm. And this bridge is going to help the students in between to really have a better life in the future. So, you know, we want to educate parents. A lot of parents, they don't know how to really be an outstanding parent. <laughs> so there's a study that must be done. <laughs> a lot of teachers they don't know if you put them in front of 200 parents, they don't know how to communicate with parents. They are terrified. So there are lots of training programs and communication training that needs to be in place. And that is what I'm excited about in the future to really work with someone like yourself to, you know, create something that can have an impact globally for the education system and make it better. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, so here's a question. Let's, transition into a section we call nuts and bolts so this is more tactical practical applicable and there's so much people have learned already i think i have at least a page and almost a half page and a half here of notes of all the things i've picked up um but but i'm curious in this section we're, we're going to talk about where you spend the majority of your focus each day and your time each day so so first question is where do you spend the majority of your time and focus at the gym <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, really, this this has become uh, one of the one of the areas of my life that I really believe it has it has probably one of the greatest impacts. It's it's physical because you know most people tell me, hey, it's I really have a tough time to get to the gym. 
And I'm like, okay, I better write a book about how to get to the gym. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because this is a global challenge. A lot of people have dreams of being in the gym, but from the moment you make a decision that I'm going to the gym to where you get to the gym, that is the hardest part. But when you are in the gym, then it's easy. So it's a habit. Where do I spend the majority of my time? No, seriously, um, I spend around two to four hours every morning to build a foundation for that day. And this is not easy. A lot of people go, away. Well, I don't have two hours or four hours. Well, make two hours or four hours. If you don't have that, make one hour. Whatever works for you, do it. So I had to choose to put my excuses aside and say, how do I want to live today? And again, you mentioned that in your Live It book, that fueling yourself. This is so important. I spend two to four hours every morning to fuel myself physically, emotionally. I listen to my cool music. I have three types of music. One that takes me to a high really uh, state and, you know, um, I'm around eight, nine, ten. I'm at my best. I feel really energetic. And if somebody is around me, they go like, you're crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> then I have the other type of music that gets my thought, my thinking work positively about the day that's in front of me, that's coming. And I basically design at least, you know, four hours that day to focus, laser focus, to really be productive and work and don't allow anything to disturb me to create something and produce some results. So, um, yeah, and then, of course, eating the right food, uh, having enough amount of sleep or quality sleep. These are really bits of pieces uh, that I've learned in the last few years and been practicing it every day. It's never easy, man. <laughs> I love it. And so question, what makes you successful? What's the key to your success in all this? Because you've told us what you've done. You go to the gym, you spend yeah. two to four hours building the foundation. You use music to, to stimulate physical and emotional parts of who you are and bring them to life. You, you, you map out four hours of solid productivity to make sure you really produce something special. High quality sleep, right nutrition. Uh, but, but what would you say out of all this, what's the key to your success? Well, one of the major keys is really being present. So right now, I'm a presentation coach, and uh, you know we have two companies. I'm the founder and CEO of a company in Tokyo, Japan, and a company here in the UAE, and I work with a lot of executives and CEOs, and I help them when they go to speak in front of a group of people. I help them with two things. One is to structure their, the way that their presentation is, is done, because most of them, they focus on only on delivering the content, their slide, or et cetera, et cetera. But there are two other important chunks that's missing really globally is the, the engagement part in the beginning and also their closing. So these are the two parts that I come in and I help them to structure it and rehearse it and then they go on and they really create the outstanding results. I'm really grateful for the opportunities they're giving me and I'm learning a lot from these guys. But one of the things that I teach is when they are on stage, again, they have to remember that being present is one of the most important things. So for me, it's not only at work, but being around my family and being around, you know, anyone, I got to be present and I got to stay there, be there physically, emotionally, you know, listen, don't always advise or coach, just take it in and 
again, that is a process that it's never easy. If it was easy, the world would be a peaceful place and there's no war and killing or anything. Uh, but when people come from ego and they want to say, no, 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 let me tell you I'm right, I'm more right than you are, then we lose it. So being present is a very important chunk for me if I want to call myself you know, if I want to rate myself how successful I am today, again, when I live by my code of conduct that I just shared earlier daily, and I focus on, again, who do I want to be today? You know, how do I want to live? What do I want to give? A part of that says, if I want to be successful today, how much joy can I create for my family, for the people I love, for my wife, for my child? How much creativity, how much, you know, passion, how much un- positive uncertainty can I put into this relationship that brings really cool surprises. And so it's a practice, man. It's a practice. It's, again, if it was easy, everybody would do it. So I have two phones, and I know most people do this today. In today's technology, most people have one or two phones, and this phone is attached to their body, and when they are... With, around their family members or colleagues, etc. the phone is a huge disruption and interruption, and um, I don't allow that to happen. So when I'm around my family, my phones are in a different location physically, and I'm there. That, that's my success. <laughs> Practicing presence with the one you love. So to wrap this up, I'm curious, what's one actionable tip that can help other people who are listening in achieve and experience this kind of success or presence in, in their life and world? I think it's very easy. I think the first thing that people need to do really to remind themselves that, you know, loving yourself is not a difficult thing to do. But unfortunately, we haven't been trained to love ourselves. So it's, it's kind of like weird. So if you stand in front of a mirror and say, hey, I love you, Farhad, you're a really cool guy. And then you laugh at yourself because like, you're crazy. But how many people do that really? Not many. So it's, it's just, you know, in the morning when you're shaving and, you know, you're doing your hair or whatever you're doing. And if you have a simple 30-second, one-minute conversation with yourself and try not to do it in your head, actually speak up and have a simple conversation to yourself. It's amazing, man. It's, it's magical. So my tip or my action item would be um, make it a habit of daily conversation with yourself about those three things that I said. Who do you want to, who do you want to be today? How do you want to live today? What do you want to give today? And so, you know, for me this morning, um, the conversation was, okay, who do you want to live today? Actually, I did it last night before I went to sleep. So who do you want to be tomorrow? So well, um, I want to wake up early morning, five o'clock in the morning. I want to spend four hours, a few things to do. Today is the last day of July. I want to evaluate my month of July and see how I've done in eight areas of my life. And then I want to also uh, spend 30 minutes an hour planning for August. So um, I designed that. And in the morning when I woke up, when I was you know, doing my brush and then having a look at the mirror, I just had that conversation. Who do you want to be, man? You know, and uh, I think that would be the tip. I love it. I love it. I love it. So who do you want to be? How do you want to live? What do you need to do? And eventually, what do you want to share? I, I love Absolutely. it. Every morning, spending times, like you said, 30 seconds, two minutes, 
But but one thing you pointed out that's important is say it out loud. Look yourself straight in the yes. mirror and also invest that 30 seconds of self-love, meaning look yourself straight in the eyes and identify what do you appreciate about yourself? What do you love about yourself? What do you acknowledge about yourself in how you've chosen to show up, how you're choosing to show up, and how you're going to choose to show up in the future? I, I, I think that's very important. You said something that's interesting, which is self-love is, is easy um, for some people. For other people, that's a very difficult task for them to stand in front of the mirror and, and, and express that to themselves and really allow it to sink in. Not just say it in their head like you said, not just let it float by, but to stand there and really feel it. Now, other people, they might be too good at this. Yes. <laughs> they might be really good at loving every ounce of themselves, <laughs> um, yes. which, you know, you can never have too much love. I think you can have too much ego, but you can't have too much love. So, so the concept, if you're really good at it and you know someone who struggles, show them how to be a little better. If you're someone who struggles, uh, you know, practice each day. And over time, uh, there's a simple concept. You have to suck long enough to be okay. You have to be okay long enough to get good at it, and you have to be good at it long enough to become great at it. And so if you look at that concept, if you suck at it, that's fine. Start there and just know if you keep yes. doing it long enough, eventually you'll be okay. You'll be decent. And if you're decent long enough, you'll get good and eventually great but be willing to have that journey. And I think, Farhad, what you pointed out in this last piece here is really, really crucial and important. Um, I want to thank you. I want to honor you. I want to acknowledge you for taking time to share all this with us and take us on a journey throughout parts of your life and where you've been and what you've experienced. Um, and, 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 you know, I want to stop a moment and just say thank you. Thank you, sir. You know, uh, 22nd of November of 2018, I'm going to be 50 years old. So one of my um, goals this year was I want to mentor and um, inspire around at least a thousand people globally from different cultures. Um, hopefully with your help on this podcast, we're going to achieve that goal. <laughs> hey, we will reach many people all around the world here. So hopefully we can Thank you for having me. Goal. I really appreciate that. I respect that. I love you. You're an amazing soul and uh, keep rocking the world, man. We will. We will. And for everyone who took time to tune in, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you like these episodes, please click subscribe and make sure to tell your friends. Uh, sharing is caring and we like caring people around here. So make sure to share and help spread the word. Uh, thank you all for tuning in so much. Again, thank you, Mr. Farhad, for joining us. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all next episode.